Hello and welcome back to the Good Teaching Podcast. This is a podcast where we ask college instructors, what are their most effective teaching strategies? I'm your host, Dr. Toyin Ali, and I'm excited to bring you this episode because it's more of a response to a conversation that I had with one of the people that I interviewed in the latest episode. So if you haven't listened to season one, episode seven with Dr. Janet Antry, definitely check that episode out. It was a really good one. In that episode, Dr. Antry talked about how she had a tenure track position at a smaller, more like liberal arts college, and she ended up switching from a tenure track position to a non-tenure track position, but at a bigger research one institution. And that conversation really kind of hit me close to home because I made a very similar decision when I was on the job market. And so what I want to do for today's episode is really talk about alternate alternate paths, like alternate career paths in academia that aren't necessarily tenure track. And I've been talking about tenure a lot because I have recently um, published an essay on my website all about asking the question like, is tenure really the most direct path to academic success and fulfillment with your job, like fulfillment and like the impact that you're really making in your day-to-day work? So if that kind of piques your interest, definitely check out that essay. It's on my website at drtoyanali.com forward slash tenure. I'll also put a link for it in the show notes of this episode or in the description of this YouTube video. This episode is also brought to you by my independent professor workshop. I am really excited about this workshop. The first one is coming up October 14th. I haven't decided if I will host another one later in the semester, but we will for sure have one this October. And it's all about helping academics and professors create their own self-hosted learning experiences so they can teach something and really help make an impact beyond what they're doing in their like university contracted courses. So I'll share a little bit more about the workshop at the end of today's episode. First, I want to talk about the different types of positions that you can get as like an academic who teaches in college classrooms. So I would say typically, traditionally, the most coveted positions are tenure track positions. So starting out as a assistant professor on the tenure track, that is like the goal. That is what we're all taught to do. But when I was on the job market, I actually decided to do something a little different. And so before I talk about what I decided to do, I want to mention the titles or the name of these positions that are non-tenure, but they're also permanent positions. So when we think about non-tenure track positions, we often think about a limited term assistant professor or postdoctoral fellowship or postdoctoral, yeah, postdoctoral fellowship. So those are positions that are great, um, but they are not permanent positions. Typically they are two, one, two or three year appointments. What I'm talking about are teaching positions where the main focus is on teaching versus research, but they are not temporary positions. They are completely permanent positions and they can be very difficult to find because each school has its own like naming convention. So they're not named the exact same thing at every school. There are a couple that are really common, like lecturer and um, assistant teaching professor or teaching assistant professor. 
I like to think of these positions as running parallel to tenure track positions because for tenure track positions we have we start as the assistant professor then you get promoted associate professor and then promoted full professor in these other positions they also offer promotion as well so i started as a lecturer and after about five or so years i was promoted to senior lecturer and at my school, we've recently gotten another rank on this track, which is principal lecturer, which I will go up for probably in about three more years. All right, for the teaching assistant professor, it looks more like tenure track. So teaching assistant professor, teaching associate professor, teaching professor. I would say those are the main two types of positions that have those names. Those are typically teaching focused positions. Often you may see one called instructor. So this is where it gets a little different for different universities. At all of the schools that I have been at, instructor is typically someone who teaches, does not do research, but they also do not have a terminal degree. So at my school, a lecturer has a PhD or an EDD, some terminal degree, but at my school, an instructor does not. This may not be the case at other schools. Instructors may be the same type of position as lecturer at a different school, so it's up to you to do the research. A couple other position titles I'll mention are academic professional. This is typically someone focused on teaching with a bit more of an administrative role. In my department, our academic professional teaches classes but also trains the graduate students in teaching. And then there's also clinical assistant professor and in some schools, this is like a professor of practice or someone who does clinical work. In my mom's school, this is literally the same job I do. She does teaching, but no research. And so it's everything just has such different naming conventions. And so it's up to you to do your research and see what these positions are all about. When I was on the job market in my final year of grad school, I knew that I really connected to the teaching way more than I did with the research. So to kind of maximize my skills, I decided to apply to smaller universities, um, liberal arts colleges that not didn't necessarily have a graduate program so that I could focus on teaching undergraduate mathematics and then possibly doing some undergraduate research with students. So I applied for jobs and I in the fall, I was um, it was the fall of 2015 and then um, I would graduate in the spring of 2016. So in the fall of 2015, I'm applying for jobs and I apply really early because I'm just the type of person to do things well before deadlines. And I got an on-campus interview and a job offer like by October, I had an offer for a tenure track position. And something about that position was just like, it gave me like a little pit in my stomach because it wasn't what I really wanted. Um, I'm a mathematician, but my research area is statistics. This was a professor of statistics position, and I really wanted to teach just basic math and <laughs> not statistics. And then also I would have been in charge of like designing the whole statistics program of study. And they liked my plan, obviously, because they gave me a job offer. But I was like, wow, that's kind of a lot of responsibility. And then when I got to talk to the students at the Multicultural Affairs Office, I learned that I would be the only black professor in the whole school. 
And at 26 years old, I was like, this is a huge responsibility that I'm not ready for. So this position was not a good fit for me, even though it was like the coveted tenure track position. And my advisor was like, are you sure you want to say no to this? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm going to say no to this. I think if this school wanted me for a position that I wasn't even a perfect fit for, another school will want me for something that I'm really excited about. So I turned down this tenure track position with no backup offers. I just hope that things would go well. But I'm the type of person that I really am good at figuring out what I want and what works best for me. And if it's outside of that, I typically won't do it. I have strong boundaries here. All right, so I remained on the job market and then I got two other job offers. Another tenure track assistant professor position at a small liberal arts college. And I actually was excited about this. I was like, ooh, this school is so cool, but I would still need to do a little bit of research. But it was a great fit for me. The other position that I was offered is the job that I took. It was a non-tenure track position, lecturer position at a research one institution and a guarantee of like teaching these small classes. I would be hired as part of the small class size initiative when like as a grad student, I taught classes that had 99 students in it. Teaching math to 99 students is not easy and I was so excited about the prospect of teaching classes that had 19 students. And so even though the salary was slightly less for the non-tenure track position, there was about a $6,000 difference annually. I I tried to negotiate a little bit, but I ended up going with the non-tenure track position because it just more closely aligned with what I wanted my career to be. So I always talk about how I said yes to this non-tenure track position, even though I got other tenure track job offers. And when I would tell people about the job that I got, they would be excited for me. And then they would ask, okay, that's cool. So are you planning on applying for tenure track positions next year? And I'm just like, absolutely not. This is the job that I want. And I'm so happy that I chose it. One of the really nice things, and we kind of talked about this in my interview with Dr. Janet Antry, one of the really nice things about having a teaching position at a big research institution is the resources. Like you get the resources and the funds, so the workload tends to be a little better, right? So typically at smaller schools, um, teaching positions, you would have to teach a lot of different classes because the departments are so much smaller. So even if your load may be like three, two, where you teach three classes one semester to the next or two, one, two classes one semester, one the next, you're often having multiple preps where you're prepping to teach multiple different classes in the same semester, right? It's very common at smaller schools for professors to have three different classes that they're prepping for every semester. At my school, because I have such a big school, I typically get to teach multiple sections of the same class. I have never had more than two preps the whole time that I've been at this school. And a lot of the time, I only have one prep. Like this semester, I'm teaching four sections, which seems like a lot. Four sections, I teach 12 hours every semester. I'm teaching four sections of pre-calculus. 
I prep once and I teach those four classes. And it really is a good experience for me because I get to really work hard to prep for those classes. And as I teach each class, I'm like, oh, now I know what the students really want. And it really helps inform how I teach in the next semester. So I just really wanted to say, I love the position that I have. This is not everyone's goal, everyone's dream, but I just wanted to bring awareness that these types of positions are out here and like what they are called. And if you feel like really called to teach more than research, this type of position may be a good fit for you. Okay, another thing that I talked about with Dr. Janet Angtry in my last episode was how she started her own business. She really noticed that there was a need in her community to help students really be able to sustain being in a STEM major in college. And so she works with these high school students to help prepare them to go to college and be STEM majors and actually stay in that STEM major. And that is something that I really love about academics. Academics want to help people. We love helping people, but often we kind of get stuck in the routine of teaching our same classes over and over again, or even teaching new classes. And we aren't really making making the impact that we hope to make. Like typically there's some other issue or topic that's really on our hearts that we really want to help people with, but that's outside of the scope of what we teach. It's like not in the curriculum that we teach. For example, I help graduate students with time management and productivity in my business. I don't teach graduate students in my career. And even if I did, I wouldn't be, te- I would be teaching them math and not time management and productivity, which is something I think they really need to be able to survive grad school. So I started my own business and I created my own self-hosted learning experiences to teach graduate students how to navigate grad school through time management skills and how to be like most efficient and productive when they're actually getting their work done. And so this is what the independent professor workshop is all about. This In this workshop, I help anyone who is interested in creating their own self-hosted learning experience create one. And it's very tangible. So I'm keeping the workshops very small. So in the next one, I think there are 14 spots left. So if you're interested, definitely go sign up. I'll put a link for it in the show notes or description of this video. But in the workshop, it's really going to be a working workshop. We're going to be brainstorming. I'm going to give you personal feedback on your idea. So you likely already have an idea of what you want to teach, what you want to help people with, but you're not quite sure of like, how do I actually put this out there? How do I find people to buy it? How much should I charge? Like all of these things, like literally the biggest question that I get when I tell people about what I do with my business, they're like, how did you know how to do this? And let me tell you, it took me years to like figure out the best ways to do it. And in this workshop, I'm sharing exactly how to do it. So you'll come in with your idea and we're gonna narrow down your idea even further to choose exactly who it's for so that it's like an actual profitable idea. So we'll narrow down who you're creating it for as well as who's gonna purchase it because often the person you're creating the offer or the class or the workshop for may not be the person who can afford to buy it. 
So what I think is so cool is partnering with organizations and companies so that they purchase your offer, your learning experience for the people who actually need this. This is something I do in my business. I help McNair scholars prepare for grad school. And so McNair programs will purchase my learning experiences for their students. And I think this is something that academics tend to overlook. Companies, organizations, nonprofits, they're so excited to work with academics. There's something about like having the expertise of have gotten like a PhD, a terminal degree that's really impressive and people want to know like maybe your research can actually help you in this venture as well. And so often there will be organizations and companies that are willing to buy what you are selling and what you will be teaching. So in the workshop, we'll narrow, narrow down who it's for and who you should be selling it to. We'll also, you'll end with an outline. So you'll leave the workshop with an outline of your learning experience, as well as the design of it. Like how should you deliver it? What should it look like? How should you host it? What tech platform should you be using? How to set it up? We'll do all of that in the workshop. So if you are excited about that, I would definitely recommend signing up. Check it out on my website at drtoyanali.com forward slash independent. So that is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I will see you in the next one. Happy teaching.